This recording contains graphic details of a violent crime and may be disturbing to some listeners. It is not suitable for children. Clunes Cluedo, a real life who done it. What provokes the violent slaying of a young woman with no known enemies? With no weapon uncovered, how do they believe the brutality was inflicted? How can it be that in a small country town where everyone knows everyone else's business, no one has come forward after three decades? Who wears a mask of disguise, fooling everyone in their midst of their murderous past? Where could the evidence be hiding? And when will justice finally be served on a stone-cold killer? basically from then that's where I got my kind of I guess you could fall, call it fear of the darkness fear of what I couldn't see. Hi I'm Alice and I'm CJ and we're narrating Clunes Cluedo and promoting justice for Nina. In 1968 the world was in the midst of the flower power movement protesting their rights to freedom and their opposition to war. Humans first orbited the moon and the Beatles recorded their white album but for Spike and Anne Jones, the most significant event that year was the birth of their first child, a bouncing baby girl named Nina Caroline, born in the Clunes Hospital in late September. Is it right that Nina's parents expected a boy? Yes, I think like a lot of us, we think we know what we're having when yeah. we're, we're expecting a baby. Um, so they had only planned on a boy's name um, when Nina was born. Um, but after three days, they'd finally settled on Nina. Um, which, yes, I'm saying that correctly, which was named after a lady in Ballarat they knew called Nina Valentine, which I think is actually a pretty cool name. So the pronunciation actually quickly changed to Nina after a mate quipped regarding the name Nina, saying, Nina, you mean like a barrel of beer? (laughs) So, look, when I asked about how Nina was as a baby, Anne and Spike recall that she had croup as a baby uh, and was often unsettled. And they recall driving her around clunes late at night, like so many parents through time have yes. done, with Nina asleep in her bassinet on the back seat. Um, but typically by the time they got her home and put her into the cot, she'd wake right up again. Ugh. Which I think we've all been there. Yep. So, look, as she started school, um, they were actually concerned something was wrong with her hearing. Um, so we're going back to the early 70s here, so when she was five or six. And a hearing test at school actually determined she was completely deaf in one ear. Oh, wow. And it also turned out she had a heart murmur. Um, So they found out lots of things through that examination. Um, So thankfully, she actually had a middle ear operation at around six, which corrected her hearing. And the pediatricians actually told her that the heart murmur wouldn't affect her health, Mm -hmm. um, which was obviously a great thing to hear. So she was right as rain, good to go. Now, Maryborough High School. So this is where we've actually found many friends of Nina's who have many memories to share. As we know, Nina died really only a few years out of high school. So many of the memories retained by her friends are from this pivotal time in their youth. Um, I know we've both seen some fantastic, very 80s photographs of of Nina and her friends posing when one of them had a camera, which was a rarity in those days. Mm -hmm. So seeing these photos of Nina, you know, captured, it's really precious and really rare. Um, now the journey 
to school. So to get to Maryborough from Clunes, they caught a school bus, which is around a half hour ride. And Nina's mum and dad recall that Nina was really easygoing and as such, you know, she made really many great friends. Nina's friend Helen actually spoke with us and wanted her memories to be shared. Helen, like many others, feel that there are people who know more than they're letting on due to protecting someone or being scared for themselves. And she sadly advised that at least one friendship from their circle actually broke down as a result of the investigation. So it obviously put a lot of pressure on a lot of people. Now, Helen herself has been interviewed as part of the investigation over the years um, for, for whatever she knew or, or didn't know. And Helen actually met Nina at the pub in Clunes and they became close really quickly and would hang out on most weekends. She was a very kind, caring, fun and thoughtful person. She was the one in our group that would be the organiser, organising to go out if it was someone's birthday and making the birthday cake. Even organising a surprise housewarming party for my husband and I when we bought our house in Warrnambool. I remember Nina would come and stay in Warrnambool occasionally when Nick was away in his truck and she had days off. There were no mobile phones back then so she would call to let me know when she was leaving Clunes so I would know if she hadn't arrived by a certain time. I would go and look for her. She was nervous travelling on her own. We would often sit around watching chick flicks and pigging out on chocolate. Everyone knew Nina loved kids and was so clucky and really looking forward to becoming a mum. A neighbouring clunes loved to knit and made lots of things for Nina for when she had a baby. When I fell pregnant, she gave me them, telling me Nina would have wanted me to have them. I have often thought about what Nina's life would be like now if she was here. So much has happened since then. In our friendship groups, marriages have broken down and friendships have moved on and distances has come between us. Maybe that's because Nina is no longer here. She was an important part of the group and maybe the one that would have kept it together. I imagine Nina to be the loving mum that she so deserved to be. I know how frightened Nina was to be on her own. When we lived in Clunes, Nina would sometimes sleep at our house. I remember we had tea at the pub in Clunes one night with a few of us and I went home to Nina's to get something. I remember pulling into the drive and saying to Nina how dark it was and that maybe she should leave a light on when she went out. I remember my husband and I had been home to Clunes for the weekend and we were heading off on one of our holidays to South Australia. We had seen Nina and Nick on the Sunday before we left as Nina was organising a night out for her and my husband's birthdays, which were a day apart. We were in Adelaide and it was a Wednesday night. I called my parents to check in. They had told me then what had happened to Nina last night. My husband and I got in our car and came straight home. We couldn't comprehend it. We were in shock. I remember just saying and thinking over and over it, it wasn't true. I think I cried the whole way home. It wasn't until we got back and saw Anne, Spike, Nick, Andrew and our friends and family that we realised that it had really happened. It was horrible. To this day, I don't know why anyone would do this to Nina. I wanted to believe that she must have disturbed someone breaking in. Not knowing why this happened has been really difficult. I have heard so many rumours about what happened and why. I know for me personally that this has been difficult to hear as some of these things really were so far from the truth. People who never knew Nina commenting and judging her like she must have been involved in something or doing something really wrong. I know we don't know everyone as well as we think we do, but I do know the kind, caring person Nina was and if she had done anything she felt was not right, we would know. Nina's death was devastating for the community. I think people were shocked that this could happen in their town where at the time most people knew each other. 
a lot of people were frightened. I really hope justice can be bought. Having the community come together and supporting justice for Nina, someone that knows something will come forward with the information needed. Nina has been gone from us for longer than she was here. The time has come for justice to be done. She at least deserves that. So as we know from all of the photos we've seen of Nina, um, she wore glasses which were fashionably oversized um, in a blue frame actually more recently to her death. Everything had to be blue, Anne says. She loved that colour. Now, in Australia in the mid-1980s, the pinnacle of youth events were the Blue Light and Lions Club discos. And many of the teenagers of the era hold those events close to their heart. And not excluded from the bunch was Nina, who actually met her first boyfriend, Wayne, at one of these discos. Um, We spoke to Wayne and his hero calls, although it was a bit of fun, it wasn't anything deep and meaningful. It was just when they were 14 or so and there were a couple of kids trying to act like grown-ups and do do grown-up things. He said it was a couple of months that they were going steady. Wayne fondly recalled Nina as a lovely, bubbly girl and extremely family-oriented, so much so that he recalls many times spent with her family, even in their short time together. Um, The sweethearts were not to last, but the friendship did, and they actually saw quite a bit of each other even after their relationship ended, Um, despite perhaps a tiny bit of rivalry when Wayne actually eventually married Nina's cousin a few years later. Now, like everyone who knew her, Wayne, who was living interstate at the time, was shocked to the core when he heard that she'd been murdered in the tiny town that meant so much to all of them. Nina's friend Chris actually spoke to us too, and she told of us of, the, of this guilt that she feels for not demanding action sooner, uh, and of course for, in terms of justice. So she actually recalled back in the 80s that she and her friends had many sleepovers with Nina, watching movies like Grease and Footloose, riding their bikes and, and chasing Andrew, her brother, around the house. Um, as Chris said to us, I wasn't as close to Nina in her 20s when she was with Nick, but definitely in our teenage years we were. I remember going to Ballarat with Nina to her cousins and he had a huge record collection. I think it was Tim. Nina just loved it. I remember she used to stay over sometimes. She loved music and dancing. Getting into the workforce pretty early, Nina actually worked alongside her mum for a time in Ballarat at the woolen mill store called Internet, which was her first job. So this was when she was around 16 or so before she started her, you know, sadly brief nursing career. Now, dedicating herself to the musical church of Farnsey, Nina was enamoured by the heartthrob that was the one and only John Farnham, attending the Whispering Jack tour of 1987, where Anne actually told me Nina was so excited she couldn't contain herself, um, exclaiming that she was so close to him that she could practically see up his nostrils. (laughs) Now, I've actually found evidence of this. Um, I did some fishing around, and for those of you with uh, quick eyesight, Nina can actually be spotted on the concert tour video at around one hour, four minutes uh, to the right-hand side of the screen wearing a, a white and green rugby jumper, um, waving her arms to get closer to the blonde Aussie god, which is a bragging right many women of the era wish they had. Mm. And it was John Farnham, was it not, that was played at one of her memorial services? That's right. So obviously John Farnham, huge part of her life, mm. getting to see him live, which is something that, I mean, nowadays we get to see things on the internet, we get to go to concerts left, right and centre, but that wouldn't have been a common occurrence, no. especially for a country girl. That would have been a significant part of her life. Yep. Uh, I've been told she loved Johnny Farnham, um, getting to see him live and, and obviously 
impactful enough that they decided to choose a John Farnham song for part of her memorial service. That's mm. right. Growing up in Clunes and, and hanging around as a teenager, I've been told Nina actually enjoyed Young Farmers, which was a group for young country people to build their skills of rural living. And Nina loved needlework and crafty things, which is a talent inherited from her mother, I'm sure. And actually, prior to her death, she'd actually completed a large tapestry to enter in the Clunes show that November. It was actually, and I've seen it in real life, it's this enormous, fantastic tapestry of one of her husband's road trucks. Mm. Now, Nina died in the September, but to honour her intentions, her family actually entered the tapestry anyway, uh, without her name listed on it, and it actually won first prize. Oh, how amazing. Yeah, really cool. And after it had won, it was then revealed that it had actually been created by the late Nina Nicholson, Mm. and it still hangs proudly in her parents' living room with the, the... first prize tag stuck to it. So we've already referred previously that she was a nurse. So when did all that, when did her career in nursing begin? Sure. So she actually became an enrolled nurse when she trained at the Queen Elizabeth home in Ballarat. Um, She did an on-call job for the Clunes Hospital until she got a permanent job at St. John of God Hospital in Ballarat. Mm -hmm. Um, She actually nursed there in the paediatric ward for a good year um, before she was killed. That was, uh, I think, the year that she completed her training was the same year she actually got married, um, yeah, to, to Robert Nicholson. So Nina was married in Australia's bicentenary, so in March 1988, mm-hmm. at the ripe old age of 19. Um, it was the same year she'd graduated from nursing. Her and her husband, Rob, uh, also known as Nick, I guess that's surname Nicholson, um, they met through community fire brigade events in Clunes, which is a very country thing to yeah. occur. <laughs> and they soon settled into a love, um, you know, sadly that wasn't to last. Uh, Nick was a man some years her senior, about 10 years her senior, a country boy and a truck driver. Um, and he provided the promise of a settled, stable country lifestyle, the type she'd always wanted. Um, they set up a life for themselves around the corner from Nina's parents in a house actually already owned by Nick. Um, another friend, uh, Sandy, who we spoke to, actually recalls when she met Nina. Sometimes we'd go to the pub on a Friday night or a Saturday night and stuff like that. And So that's where I, I met Nina. Um, down there one night she'd um, called in um, to see Nico because he was um, there one night. Um, so I met her at the pub there and she's Oh, she was such a sweet thing. Like, I was only fairly young myself. I would have only been 17 or 18, probably 18 at the time. And I just, she just struck me as just such a dainty, just really timid person kind of thing. Um, I just remember her smile and um, how, you know, Nico, um, just he just adored her and it just felt like, I don't know. They were just that perfect couple that you always sort of looked at. She was so sweet. And um, as much as Nico was, you know, that um, truck driver that everyone sort of look at, so they're rough and tumble, like, around her, he was he was always such a, a kind, gentle soul. But around her, you could just see how the, just them together was just, yeah. I don't know. She always smiled. She was always... Um, light um she was just a, a caring person like she just i don't know there was just something about her that was just it was just all good I, i've never seen her in, in all the times that um i sort of 
knew her. I'd never seen her say a harsh word. I'd never seen her be angry. It was, I don't know, she was just a caring soul, which as many people have told us Nina would have loved to have had children down the track and and really enjoyed her job in the children's ward because the children adored her and she got to dote on them Mm. however all those plans dreams and hard work came to a swift end Um, of course when Nina was bludgeoned to death on the porch of her own home stripping her of all rights to life to a family to growing old and to serving in the job that she was so dedicated to. She was taken away and, you know, it, it's unfair that we never got to see the full potential of what she was going to be as um, a young nurse working where she was working with the compassion that she had and, and the dedication and, and the person she was as a friend, what she would have been like as a mother. Just hearing you know, her friend talk about this, it must be just so hard now being in their late 40s, early 50s and just thinking about who Nina would be now and the kids that she could have had and... That's right, and comparing what they've now been able to achieve... That's it. ...in the last three decades versus what she was robbed of. Yeah. It also sadly means um, that Nina's parents actually don't have any descendants. They've got no grandchildren. Um, breaks your heart when you hear things like this you know you they've lost a daughter but now they've lost just so much more as well that's right the opportunity the opportunities that could have had um that have all been taken away as a result of a person's actions Mm -hmm. thank you for listening to clunes cluedo digging for clues in a gold mine episode two a very special person. There is a strong perception that the person responsible for Nina's death still lives and works in the Greater Clunes area and might have a very strong alibi protecting them. It is urged that anyone who knows what happened that night, who can provide an account and the missing puzzle piece to crack this case, come forward. Time is not on the side of Nina's family who have lived through more than a life sentence of hell, knowing that a killer is on the loose, living the long country life that Nina was robbed of. There is a $1 million reward on offer for information that leads to conviction. There is also leniency offered to the person or persons who come forward who feel they may have been protecting someone, or themselves, all these years. Crime Stoppers is contactable on one 800 000 Alternatively, you can contact your local police station for support and assistance. If you know something, please say something. 28 years is a long time to be burdened with such a secret. Now is the right time to set yourself free. What if it was your daughter?